the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Healthcare Now with your hosts, Larry Jones and Dr. Mark Shayat. Want to become an educated healthcare consumer? Then join our discussion about all things healthcare and understand how to navigate our complex U.S. healthcare system. Now, let's join our hosts in the Healthcare Now studios. Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones. Larry, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Dr. Mark. All right. Well, we're going to do our thing, and we're going to talk about uh, healthcare and sports. No, I probably won't talk we about sports today. We got a lot today. to talk about. We got a lot. Tonight. We got a lot. All things healthcare. Yeah, yeah. actually, we got some new topics too. So uh, we do. So stay tuned. Well, we can start with our COVID update. Not a lot to talk about, which is Not always great. That's right. Uh, I know we've got that new questionable hybrid variant, which I love. The only thing hybrid about it that. is the name, exactly. the Deltacron. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to we'll, – we'll stay tuned and learn more about that as time and goes what on. Did, what, did they find that in two people, Dr. Mark? Yeah, the, in, in the U.S., uh, yeah, I think it was it was two people reported right. probably both work for the FDA. But, uh, That's right. No, it, it is – worldwide, it's out there. Uh, yeah. But it doesn't seem to be much of anything different, and, and we always seem – it's always the same thing. We learn about something, right. and it takes about two weeks yep. to really figure out where it's going to go. But over the last couple of years, you got to admit, mm-hmm. even with Delta and then Omicron and then the original Alpha, we found that these vaccines have pretty much been – pretty successful against these variants well i think they've been very successful especially when you go back to what they're supposed to do and they were always designed to keep you out of the hospital right right and i think a lot of people really flipped out in that first round when they're like i had the vaccine i still got sick but you didn't go to the hospital and we saw that with every new yeah every every new variant that was a that was revisited that's right but yeah yes very successful uh very safe In fact, speaking about that, let me go ahead and mention mm-hmm. this morning, the Florida Department of Health announced that there are only 1,600 patients in the hospital statewide in Florida with COVID. Yeah. And that's down 2,900 just two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. And then and then when you look back at the peak, tens of thousands, there were almost 100,000 like, people. Like in. almost 100,000. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, yeah, we are, we're definitely at a good point right now. Yeah. And, you know, we'll, as we always say, we'll just kind of. Take it week by week and see where things go. Exactly. But Pfizer's up to some interesting stuff. Um, they announced the launch of a phase two out of three trial for a COVID-fighting antiviral pill. Right. It's Paloxavid. Is that how they say that? Paxlovid. 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 Paxlovid, yeah. So they are looking for uh, how it works in high-risk children ages 6 to 17. Now, previously, it was right. authorized for emergency use in 12 and older by the in, FDA in 2021. Exactly. But you didn't hear a lot about it. No. Um, I think from a safety side, it's worked out. But yep. the, the real efficacy, eh, can't say it today, efficacy. Efficacy. There you go. Thanks. <laughs> that question is still in order. But, uh, right. but yeah, that's going to be interesting. And we talked about antivirals last week and, you know, what – what we can do. Yep. It's, I remember it, the biology lesson you gave us last week, Dr. Oh, Mark. Oh, that did, was oh, good. Good, good, good. <laughs> and you didn't even take notes. That's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's going to be a nice, you know, added thing to our armamentarium mm-hmm. as time goes on. Uh, but 
Then we swing back to discussions that we're hearing about fourth booster shots. Right. You know, and, and those yep. discussions yep. are not really led by led by science. Yeah, so well, before we get into that, yeah, that, that fourth – and again, we're still talking about Pfizer. But right. based on this Paxlovid, their chief scientific officer, a guy named Michael Dolston, uh, c- explained that this pill will address a significant unmet need for outpatient treatment that can be taken by children and adolescents to prevent – a more serious illness, hospitalization, and possibly even death. Yeah. So, so this time, this time it wasn't the CEO. At least they picked somebody else yeah, at yeah, the company yeah, yeah. that's still going to benefit from from all these medications. Exactly. But and what the, what did the CEO yeah. have to say this week? Well, it's interesting. Um, uh, Albert Borla on Face the Nation this past weekend came out on Sunday and says a fourth shot of COVID vaccine may be necessary. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not the first time he said it. No. And and each time we've had, you know, we discussed this marketing, 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 and what we really need yep. is science, science, science. Exactly. And I, and I think we're getting it, right? I mean, right. I think we're getting – these are the uh, news blurbs that come out yep. and, you know, face of the nation, and, and you get little little sound bites that, that make sense and get people all excited. But right. the reality is we do have – Good information. We do. And we're getting it fed to us daily from places all over the world. Probably and more than we need, Dr. Mark. Probably so. But, <laughs> but you know, it's as much as somebody needs. Right. And then That's when, true. when we decide who's going to make the call, you know, whether it's the CDC, you know, whether yeah. it's the FDA right. or the combination of the two, at, at mm-hmm. least we're a little more focused. Well, and, CEO Borla made the comment that it's very possible that the COVID-19 boosters could become a yearly occurrence just like the influenza. Yeah, he's been flu. saying it all along. Yeah. And, yeah, and with... Yeah. And maybe he's right, but maybe he's not. And, and yeah. the the good news is, is we're going to figure that out. And you know, he and, talked about the flu, and I don't know if you were following. A, we we didn't have that much flu last year, right? But the flu vaccine for this year it was has diagnosed been, as COVID, Doctor Mark. That's right, it's diagnosed as COVID. <laughs> every, right. every car accident, every everything, every motorcycle yeah. accident. Oh, yeah. It doesn't Absolutely. matter. Absolutely <laughs> no, but but the the flu vaccine this year has been at its lowest efficacy. I just wanted to show that I could say the word, but it's at, at its lowest in in its history. Mm-hmm. And you know, I haven't heard anyone try to explain why, but I've got a theory I'll throw out there. Okay, and what they found is that it's only diminishing hospitalization and severe illness in about 17% of vaccinated patients, right? Okay. Which is usually much higher than that. Much higher. And the thought is, you know, we've talked about how the flu vaccine differs from other vaccines. It's made up of the top three most common flu varieties of the previous year, right? Right. And so... How they make up that influenza shot for that year. Right, right. And so they try to get the biggest strains. They, they try to the most common yeah. strain, and strains, and they they yeah. know full well that it's unlikely that all three of those are going to repeat the next year. Right. But statistically, that's that's a good way to do it, right? right. But last year we didn't have much flu, right? So, so our overall what? stats were skewed. Good point. And I bet yeah. that's where the mismatch is. Well, hasn't there been in the past? Because I mean, I've been taking the flu shot for as many years as I can remember. Mm-hmm. But hasn't there been a couple of years where the flu shot that was developed wasn't as effective as they had hoped it would be? Oh, for sure. Almost yeah, every yeah. year mm-hmm. they you hear something about, like, well, there were a lot of cases of a variety that wasn't included. Same, same reasoning. Right. But but there's still – the numbers are much better than 17%, even on right. a bad year. Right. So this is this is markedly bad. Okay. And, and I really think that's what – you know, and it may be that some of those strains – 
time out because if they didn't transmit last year, they're not around right. anymore. Well, and is it possible, and I've heard this from a number of different sources, that the shot that we're going to get for the flu next year could also include the COVID vaccine? Well, it, it can't. I mean, they it can't because it's a whole different variety of vaccine. Okay. So it's not an so mRNA vaccine. It would be two different, shots, it would be two different shots. Okay. And I would really doubt that if they were to try to combine them in one injection, mm-hmm. that would be a, an entirely new FDA evaluation. Okay. Right. Okay. And then there has been some talk about that. Yeah, I, I have. I haven't heard yeah. of them. I don't. Yeah. I don't doubt it. Yeah. Uh, but I think the idea would be is you just get it at the same time. Right. But there, what I would think is more likely is that they change the current flu shot into an mRNA vaccine. Okay. And then it could be likely given together. Okay. Because th- this whole, we've talked about the technology of this mRNA vaccine, and you can do this for anything that has a protein on it. Right. Right. So if they did that, my curiosity is, do a number of the flus have a similar protein right. and that maybe one of those mRNA protein codes could code for more than one okay. flu. Right. And I'm sure there are thousands of people smarter than me trying to figure this out, but I expect that that's where we're going. Right. Well, that makes sense, Dr. Mark. But let me ask you, you know, we're still hanging at just over 65% of the U.S. has been fully vaccinated. And yeah, what they not, mean by that is two shots, not the booster. Right, right. And do you see that improving much no. going forward? No. Especially no. with uh, There's no infections motivation. down. Right. I mean, I yeah. think that the people who are eager to get the vaccine, they did it. So that was that was the first and second wave. Right. And then like everybody and else yeah. came along yeah. sort of kicking yeah. and screaming. Sure. And now those folks that are were still resistant – now they have a reason. They're like, well, you know, right. I, I already had COVID. Most of everybody's yep. been exposed. So, yeah, and, and yep. it's it's hard to really push it. But we still know for a fact that the people that are ending out in the hospital are much more yep. likely to have had no vaccine. Right. Well, the you the know. big one that I thought might have an impact is the airlines. And now I'm seeing that like Southwest Airlines, mm-hmm. they don't require any testing, any, any um, yep. you know, notice of whether you've been vaccinated or not. Delta and American, I still think are. Yeah, they're still wearing masks. But but, uh, Southwest has not. I mean, it's a balance of marketing. You know, they they have been tortured through this process as much as any industry. And I'm sure you know when they meet in the boardroom, they talk about this. Like like we don't we don't know. There's enough doubt that they need to get people thinking it's time to travel again. Right. So it's it's pretty tough. I mean, I wouldn't measure other industries based on industries that completely right. depend on tourism. Right. Uh, but I think that's the that's the pressure that they face. And I saw this weekend, or maybe it's during the week, that we're expecting over 300,000 visitors coming through Orlando Airport during spring, spring break, break this week. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, we're, I mean, that's a that, big number. Well, that's been the discussion as the numbers of cases has plummeted, and everybody's we're dropping the mask restrictions. Right. People are getting a little more loosey-goosey on all these things. The, the question becomes, there's always an event around the corner. You right. know, was it, was it, you know, Christmas break and New Year's and now it's right. spring break. So there's always going to be an episodic change of, of the number of cases. And the, the question is, is are we at a place where we can handle that? Yeah. And I mean, I'm yeah. starting to feel confident that we are, but yeah. I also feel confident that we are going to see a bump in numbers. And, and, you know, the other thing, the FDA, the CDC and HHS have all indicated that one of their strategics for 2022-2023 is making sure that we are more prepared for another pandemic should it come along. 
in yeah. the future. Well, they, they I, what was that we talked about right in the mm-hmm. right at the beginning of the pandemic that there was a major funding cut that there had always been this yeah. office of pandemic research and preparedness. That's right. And I don't know if it was under Obama's watch that there was a a, ba- a big funding and cut. And they cut that department yeah, altogether. Yeah. You're right. right. Is that they right? Did. That's yeah, exactly right. So, yeah. So uh, that might have been what they called it, but yeah, it was yeah. exactly yeah. that. Yeah. It, yeah. it just only yeah. makes sense, yeah. right? They, they usually have really yeah. creative names in Washington. It was actually a, a department within HHS. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'm sure that department is now the most well-funded department. <laughs> I'm sure it is. And, uh, yeah. you know, the idea of, you yeah. could, and again, you can look at this two yeah. ways. It could be another 200 years, but honestly, we don't think so because the reasoning behind how this all happened is likely to happen again. You know, the transmission of a virus from from another species that makes the jump is the most likely. And also, Doctor Mark, I would think, and and you can agree or not, the world has become a very smaller place with all the technology and transportation, no doubt, and aeronautics today. You can go anywhere in the world in a few days. Oh, absolutely. So that's going to continue to create problems, right? Especially people coming out of these third world countries that have a two percent vaccination rate. I tell you, look back in in history, and it's always always international travel. Yep. All right. Yep. So I remember when, you talked when, about that early on when new worlds yep. were explored and. And guys got off their yep. sailboats and met indigenous populations. They undoubtedly, undoubtedly yep. killed many of them without even and drawing you a bow. And yeah. you go to these third world countries, normally you take many vaccinations before you ever go. That's true. Malaria now, now that, and all that. So that's yeah. kind of interesting because that mm-hmm. is the the first world being prepared for the third world, right? Right. You know what's endemic there, right? and it's something that we can treat. Whereas when we just show up with our normal stuff that we can deal with pretty well and expose it to indigenous populations, it's a disaster. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we're getting down to the end of our segment. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at followus at healthcarenow.us. Dr. Mark will be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Welcome back. We'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us. IPNetworkFlorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones. We're going to continue our discussion. You know, we were talking before the show about a convention that was going on in Orlando, the HIMSS convention, yep. and I know that you had some good information on it. I think the listeners would enjoy it. Sure. Well, you know, this week is the week for health IT geeks. Uh, the HIMSS, the Health Information and Management Systems Society, 
has their global healthcare conference this week in Orlando. It lasts the entire week mm-hmm. at the Orlando Convention Center. And it's, it's been a couple one, years yeah. since uh, they've had it due to the pandemic. Right, right. But this they, missed, year, they missed two, year, two full years. Two yeah. full years. But this year they're expecting to draw over 26,000 people wow. from 70 different countries. Very nice. Very nice. And, and I thought, you know, it's the largest healthcare IT conference in the country mm-hmm. showcasing all the new IT innovations and programs supporting all things healthcare, Dr. Mark. Now, that, that would be yeah. extremely interesting. And, you know, there have been a lot of big conventions. Have you ever been to the convention? Up. No, I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. I'm, I've, I don't think... I've probably, of the last 10 years, maybe missed three. Really? Yeah. Really? Well, I'll definitely have to put yeah. that on the list. We'll have to go one year. Hey, maybe yeah. somebody will inv- invite us yeah. now, you know? I mean, are we, well, are we a well, celebrity Well, we can get yet? tickets through our own organization. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not hard to get into. You just right. have to buy a ticket. I got you. I yeah. got you. But, you know, it's really all things next generation. Mm-hmm. And I think two things that you're going to continue to see. And actually, the theme of this year's conference is the future of health is digital. Uh, so so we're talking about wearables and home monitoring and yep. all the things that we do talk about on this yep. show. I'm thinking they should be a sponsor, Larry. Oh, that would be great. Hims yeah. is huge. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, at the forefront of the highlights for this year is AI. Right. And you know that's there's that's half right. the companies are probably AI. Right. And the other one is next generation EHR systems. Oh, I don't I won't stop by any Music of that. Music to your ears, I, I have, Dr. Yeah, Mark. That just gives me a little bit of heartburn <laughs> just right. thinking about it. Well, you know, the the existing EMR system, electronic medical records, is so outdated when it comes to value-based care and all the things that you have to do in value-based care. So many of these companies are now trying to get their next-generation EHR out. Yeah, well, they're outdated in that perspective. They're also outdated by the people who put the networks together weren't necessarily the people that were going to use them. Right. And, I mean, we've – yeah, we – We've talked about this in many a show, yep. uh, and I, I look forward to seeing the next generation yep. because it is it is vitally important. It can be a huge part of improving yep. healthcare, and as you say, the value based part, yep. kicking it right in. Right now, there are lots and lots of third parties that want to come in and help yes, you do this, absolutely. whereas it should really be part of your own EMR. And you know what's interesting? Because I've been to so many of these conferences and had so many meetings with different vendors. Uh, very few physicians attend this conference, Dr. Mark. It's, that is interesting, and yeah. you would think that... Well, they're practicing medicine. They don't have time. Right, and even... But yet, this whole thing is centered on right. what they do and the right. success of what they need to get done. Now, there's there are a yeah. lot of discussions about yeah. how a lot of consultants that are hired, even that, that yep. do have their medical degree, may or may not have the clinical experience. And, you know, it's an interesting, because yep. you're right. Yep. If you go into a clinical training... And somebody walks up to you and says, hey, you want to you try and do do a little yep, uh, EMR yep, work? Yep. You'll probably turn and run, yep. let alone uh, you I've know, probably really got out. I've probably gotten 75 emails from different vendors saying, are you going to be at the conference? Could we set up time? Really? Oh, it, I get it every year like yep, that. Yep. So they're looking at yeah. our, our They are our at our network and all and the, thinking, our clinically yeah, sure. integrated network. Yep. And, you know, the other thing, every year, usually some of the folks out of Washington speak. And it's interesting that I believe this Thursday – Javier Becerra, head of HHS, is speaking at oh, the really? conference. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. We probably shouldn't go to that. He may actually know our names. If he's heard us on the yeah, radio. Yeah, might not, might not go know, well. But, you know, we yeah, I don't know. All we did is profile these people as to what they do. We haven't uh, really I, dinged them too bad. I don't know. I think we were kind of harsh on him that first week. You we know? might have been. Yeah, because yeah. he, he's a return player and an attorney and – this That's is his, true. Like I said, That's this true. Is his second yeah. presidential yeah. group to be a part of. That's but, true. But hey, he's a talent. Great guy. Great yeah. guy. No, yeah. love, love to right. meet him. That's yeah. right. No, we'll, well play it that way. I've met uh, Verm, uh, Seema Verma in the past. Right. And at she that was, meeting. Yeah. And she was head of CMS mm-hmm. and a number of other people. Big, no, I, I kid. People. I mean, I, I tell you, I would love to, to have conversations with these yeah. folks because, in as much as we, we, we're supposed to sit back and, and sort of comment and sometimes be critical, yeah. but at the same time, we respect yeah. their, their, influence and their intelligence on these topics and but let me kind of just go over three three bullets or a couple bullets this actual 2021 2022 conference is focused on um, personalized care models Mm -hmm. and digital transmission as we talked about right and it's two basic things that they want to deal with this week uncover industry priorities and challenges on key topics related to use of information and technology to improve health and wellness. Okay. That's a big one. Right. And then the other one is identify key themes for current state of affairs and predictions on trending topics for future years. Right. So Larry, so Mm -hmm. you're, I'm going to, I'm going to say a word in some other thing other than health is going to come into mind. Okay. This is blockchain. It is. So, you know, this is looking at the more data that you bring together to come up with your answer. And blockchain technologies are are huge in healthcare. In any industry where you've got to, like, line things up and and you got to worry about purchasing, you got to worry about how you get product A to product B, how you get patients together. I mean, any of that stuff is is, is important. Well, the reason I bring it up, it's all week. It's uh, Monday to Sunday at the Orlando Convention Center. And if you're an IT junkie, this is the place for you, Dr. Yeah, Mark. No, no, definitely. All our definitely. listeners out there. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Yeah. Sounds great. Thanks for uh, thanks for looking into that okay. and bringing it up. And sure. And I don't know, this this year we're probably uh, too late, but maybe next year we should make a plan. I think maybe you, you and I should go. one. Normally we, I go one day, and it's so massive. I mean, there are hundreds of booths. See, see you're not thinking big enough, Larry. We should do a... A remote broadcast show from there. From Hims? Yeah, from Hims. We could do that. I think we should. I think, you think we should. Pete, our engineer, could handle that for us? I think, yeah, Pete's probably going to be driving down there immediately and, and talking to all the right people. I can feel it. I can I feel think, it. I think he's already interested. Yep. Yeah, Pete's standing in today, too. That's so, right. So We're glad to have pretty, him. Yep. Thanks, Pete, for what you're doing for us. All right, what you got next there, Larry? Okay, you know, Oscar Health, who oh, has Oscar, been, yeah. yeah, they've they've been a, a major Medicare Advantage player in this area. They came in, partnered with, with Advent Health, mm-hmm. and now they're partnering with your old alma mater. Yeah, they're going up to Emory. Yeah. And it's it's kind of the same model, and not only are they doing, they're doing all sorts of health insurance. They're doing just regular, they're yep. on, they're on the... Uh, they're on the healthcare.gov site, um, yep. and so. But what they are and what they aren't is why they partner with these groups. That's right. So they are a a an insurance company that comes into an area and does not have a panel of physicians. Right. And probably the hardest thing to do when you're an insurance company is to build a panel that is both reliable, yep. efficient, yep. and isn't going to make you broke. Right. Right. So they came into the Orlando area. Yep. And they partnered with Advent Health, right? And they instantly got thousands of physicians yep. that could be part of that model. So now they're up at Emory at, at yep. Emory Med, yep. and uh, 
and partnering with their 250 provider locations right. that are part of the Emory system. Yeah, so the Emory system yeah. has yeah. grown tremendously since I've I was been there. actually born at Emory. Oh, were you really? Yeah, yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah, no, it was. Uh, yeah, that back then there were only two rooms at Emory. There were only so two there, hospitals yeah, there, there too, in <laughs> yeah. three rooms. You know, they changed the name of Crawford Long. That's where I was born. That's where you were. Uh, they changed it to Larry Jones. Long. No, they didn't. No, no, <laughs> you they knew changed, that, though, didn't you? I, I did. I did. But they did change the name. Yeah. Uh, I want to say it's called Emory Midtown or something like that. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, because yeah, it's so. right downtown Atlanta. So I always liked the yeah. Crawford Long name, though. It had, it, there was a, a history there, and uh, he was an anesthesia provider. Yeah. Right. And there was talk that he was the guy that first started using drop ether. Mm-hmm. But if you read any medical book, yeah. It wasn't him, right. but but if you right. read it in, in Georgia, yeah. it was Crawford Lawn. Well, I remember Crawford Lawn, and, and again, I didn't live in Atlanta. I was very young when we moved away, but it seems like it was only one building at that time. Yeah, when I was there, it was a pretty it was a pretty nice complex in the yeah. downtown area. Yeah. Um, it was uh, the the downtown community hospital, which is right. also an Emory Hospital. Exactly. Uh, by training site is Grady, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and well, Grady's that's your another big, massive uh, hospital. Sure. Massive hospital. But now Emory has... Uh, has grown with Northside Hospital, and they've expanded throughout yeah. the Beltway and beyond. Right. Um, so they've got oh, yeah. they've got lots of providers. You can yeah. drive. You can be up in Alpharetta, and you'll see yep. hospitals yep. like uh, jo- what is it uh, Jones Bridge? It's yep. Emory, Emory Hospital at Jones Bridge. Jones Bridge. Yep. yep. I know so there's exactly all sorts of stuff. Is. Yeah. So with Oscar going in there, they're going to have a very wide mm-hmm. coverage with their physicians, and obviously, right. I mean, I think it's going to be a, a great match. Well, you know, I think it's interesting. Oscar also in this market, believe it or not, has partnered with Cigna Health Plans. And what they've done is some very narrow network products. One Cigna product called SureFit that they contracted with Oscar and Advent Health to roll this program. Now, they've only got about 15,000 lives in this program here in Orlando. But what it tells me, Dr. Mark, and you know, when these plans come in, they have to nail down the hospital contract first. Yes. And what that usually causes them to do is partner is partner with right. all the hospital owned physicians. Yep. And in many regards, it doesn't include independent physicians. Right, right. So now when these costs start skyrocketing, then plans like Oscar start looking for the independent doctors. Yep. Yeah. No, they'll, I don't, I, I don't know how many times you have to relearn that model. I know you see it all yep. the time and we're still seeing it. You know, when, you know. when we've talked to the insurance executives, they, Agree completely. Yeah. But as you say, their hands are a bit tied when they come gotcha. into a new market yeah. or have a new product or it, or if there's yeah. a huge employee group Correct. that wants to do yep. something. And then their their hands are a, a bit forced they towards are. going with these well, employees. Well, you know, the inpatient cost represents better than half the total health care cost. So if they have to compromise to get better rates, that's yeah. what they have to do. Sure. And sure. unfortunately, at times, our independent doctors are the ones that suffer the most. Well, I think the, the term narrow network only affects independent, independent doctors, doctors in a negative right. fashion. Yeah. So because obviously, you know, if you're part of the if you're on the inside, yeah. you're going to get patients yeah. that that you otherwise would not get. Exactly. But the first thing they're doing, and it, it is, it's the opposite of what they should be doing if they want right. to save money, right. but it's the cost of doing business for That's them. Right. And that cost is passed on to who? Well, as you know, well, it's passed on to the consumer. Of course. Uh, yeah, of the course. patient. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, normally there is out of network costs, but it costs you an arm and a leg from a copayment. Oh, yeah. Deductible yeah it makes no that. sense. That's makes right. No sense That's at right. all. But, you know, coming up this fall, uh, we're a, announcing a new product called Alliance Health. 
Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the independent version of some of these large health systems. Right. And we were able to accomplish the goals of getting involved right. with a hospital right. without selling yeah. our souls and having that's to tie right. into the Well, doctors. they've agreed to be yep. part of this. I yep. mean, you have to have an inpatient facility, but it's going to be driven by an outpatient healthcare independent right. system. Yeah. And I would hope yeah. that this starts to set up a model where both the, the big commercial insurers, but more yep. importantly, yep. smaller groups in big cities yep. that have uh, have enough independent physicians to support it can see yep. how they can change the game. Well, just to give you an idea, and we'll end on this in this segment, you know, as the $4.3 trillion market last year, 11% of that market was self-insured. Yes. And it's growing daily mm-hmm. because now you're seeing – uh, plans that have just a hundred lives go self-insured. Right, they're, they're looking at the math, yeah. and, and they can get some backup for yeah. for the yeah. for the high-end risk, right? Exactly. So they, they exactly. self-insure up their clients up to a certain number, and then they have back insurance. Then they have the what rest, they call right? reinsurance. Yeah. They're paying they're paying claims, not premiums. Exactly. And many many uh, large payers like school boards have saved millions of dollars doing. No, it makes sense. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us. The Dr. Mark will be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. I'm Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones. We're going to continue our conversation, and and we're going to make it really timely, Larry, because you know we want to talk about what is ahead for healthcare in 2022 when we've had two years of reactive medicine. Which you know we spent decades trying to get to proactive, preventative medicine in healthcare, and front and center for the last two years has yep. been how do we react to something that we weren't expecting? So how do we get back yep. to where we need to be? Yep. Because clearly reactive medicine is yep. not the way yep. to go. Well, Dr. Mark, that's a perfect lead in on this segment. And, you know, for a couple of years, we've been talking about our physicians and healthcare providers providing sick care. Are they providing health care and wellness? Exactly. And that's kind of where I think you're going with this. Right. And and we've had yeah. to provide sick care for the last two years. That's right. I and mean, that was the, right. the, the defining moments of the pandemic where we really had to do that. And it brought to head how some of our lack of prevention, for, for instance, in mental yeah. health mm-hmm. and mental wellness – got exploded when when the pandemic hit. Yep. And then we, we weren't ready to react for that. That's so right. so now the question becomes a lot of groups want to, hey, we need to prepare for the next pandemic. 
or or do we just need to prepare yeah. and do you know preventative healthcare yeah. measures going forward? Well, you know, we represent independent physicians, nearly a thousand in twelve counties. And as you know, for the last couple of years, they've been all in a survival mode. Absolutely. And, and, you, and a lot you of them ex- haven't survived. That's right. A lot of them haven't. But again, I think the new question that you're talking about is healthcare at a crossroads. Do we keep reacting to crisis after crisis? Can't. Or do we decide how we're going to rethink some of these traditional care models so they become a little more nimbler? And a little more focused on value-based care, right. Dr. And, Mark. And, and, I, and I don't even think that is a question because we started the show over a year ago and mm-hmm. we talked about what the cost, the $4.3 trillion cost of health care and how it was impossible yep. to sustain that. And what what is what has happened during the pandemic is we have spent an enormous amount of money in addition to that that we yep. had to spend. So there's no question that we have to refocus yep. because we've got to get – now, four point three trillion would be a huge savings. Going to eight trillion yeah. oh, by th- twenty thirty, well, eight short years. But from now. that was the prediction yeah. before the pandemic. It is that's okay? right. Okay, and we got crushed in the, for that's, the last two true. years. And how we respond in our reactivity to that pandemic, yeah. you know, yeah. kind of thing is it's going to be financial. Yeah. I, I think that numbers. We'll be at ten. I mean, we're going to be oh, at 10 I think trillion. you're right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting too. Still, even today, with all the focus on value-based care, fifty percent of all reimbursement in healthcare is still fee-for-service. Dr. Mark, transactional medicine. Well, what percent of just Medicare of government programs, Medicare and Medicaid? What yeah. percentage of them are just fee-for-service? Well, still? if you consider there are sixty million and mm-hmm. only twenty-eight million are in Medicare Advantage, then yep. you've got better than half. Yep. Right. Thirty-two million. Thirty-two yeah. million. Thirty-two yep. million that that are looking at some type of value transact. No, yeah. that are transactional oh, based. based. Yep. The other twenty-eight, if they're in, if they're in a Medicare Advantage plan, it's it's pretty much value based. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But but we do see the the yep. the errors and the ways of those plans yep. as well. So it may not right. be exactly what we're looking right. for. Right. Right. And then you know when you talk about crossroads and where we need to move to, then you you got to consider. What all the regulatory stuff has come down the line during sure. the pandemic? Yeah, yeah, and that's been a real issue as well. It is an expensive yeah. issue and an issue that's taken a lot of time away yep. from the physicians, right? But I, at more more healthcare providers individually, right, are looking towards value based care. Yes, and even those individuals that are employed by hospital systems. The majority of those systems now are developing yep. clinically integrated networks. That's right, and they're measuring those metrics now. That's right. Those doctors may not be financially benefiting from the savings, but the savings is being worked towards nonetheless. Right. Well, you know, if we're talking between now and 2030, there's not a lot of time to decide how you're going to approach these new value-based type arrangements and get involved in them. And, you know, a couple things in mind here, Dr. Mark. Number one, if you're a physician today, your ability to negotiate a higher fee-for-service payment is probably next to zero. Next to nothing. Yeah, yeah. next to zero. Yeah. And the opportunity to continue to thrive in this environment is value-based. Correct. Meaning shared savings and surplus dollars yeah. Yeah. based on performance. And risk. And outcomes. Yeah. And risk. And risk. That's right. The more risk, the better opportunity for shared savings and surplus. Right. 
But, you know, we have a program, and we rolled this out a couple years ago for our doctors. It's called Value-Based IQ. Right. And, you know, we own that name. Mm -hmm. We patented that. And it's basically a practice management assessment program to move a physician and their workflow from a FIFA-service environment to a value-based environment. And you've seen that product, Dr. Mark. Yeah, yeah. basically looking at where they are now and giving them a score – Right. And knowing where they need to go, exactly along with the plan that we right. offer on on how to get there. Yeah, and right. you know this show f- focuses on helping build educated healthcare consumers. Right, and the foundation of that whole value based IQ program is educating your patients. Absolutely. Uh, well, we know an yeah. educated patient yeah. is going to use the system in a much more frugal way. That's right. And and we can talk about saving money all day long, yep. but we're also giving a better quality outcome for the Without patient's health. And, and that's been shown. I mean, that's not we're not Without just saying let's let's boost this thing up, but that's absolutely what we see. Yeah. And that's why the payers are interested in coming into independent physicians because they know that their outcomes are improved. Yep. And and depending on the community you live in, that that's a real draw for those patients, yep. right? Yep. So they, they know right. they have to get involved. But the one thing that separates the two groups, the independent physicians and the employed physicians, are okay. when a healthcare organization goes in with an insurance company and creates this value-based or mm-hmm. at-risk plan, right. basically what they're saying is, okay, this is how much money you can spend per person, right. per covered life. And everything, well, that's your budget. Yeah. Right, and everything that you save, every dollar you save, we're going to divide up between 50, the 50. company yep. or whatever right. it is, right? Whatever it is, yeah. yeah. So yeah. between the 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 institution or doctors or the and the actual healthcare company. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing, Larry, and you know this, but this was it's I I should never have been shocked, but when I look at this plan and I look at our doctors, I'm like, we're going to crush it yeah. because our cost savings and outcomes are so good compared to the big systems where right. you there's a lot of Cross contamination with consultation. Yep. There's there's inpatient fees. There's right. facility fees. Oh yeah. But the trick is the insurance companies have been bending over and making that that budget That's much right. higher That's right. for the organizations that yep. have hospitals and employed physicians. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like like three times as yep. high. Oh, yeah. For the same patient. Well, it's so, interesting it, you I talk mean, about that, Dr. Crazy. Mark, because let me just give you a couple of examples. As you know, we not only have an independent physician network, we have an independent outpatient Correct. ancillary network. Right, with radiology and, and yeah. pharmacy and physical yeah. therapy. And our current cost of managing one of our large payers, our cost index is 0.89. And what that represents is we are 11% below the average cost of that payer's entire book of business. Really? That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's millions and millions of dollars. Millions of just, dollars. Just in our yeah. market. And then on the yeah. other one, we're 0.93. That means we're 7%. 7%. Below, and these are the two of the largest payers right. in the community. Right. No, I, and to be clear, our organization doesn't own those outpatient facilities. No. They're independently owned, and they are surviving – through this process, through right? the, through the referrals yeah, and the things that we're doing with our so, doctors so it's just, it's definitely it's just supporting yep. all the things yep. that we need to do right. and and how, how to make this happen and you know that's the overall cost of healthcare that doesn't even include how much money we've saved patients no, no. on copays oh, for sure. and out of pocket cost sure. yep. thousands and thousands of dollars Doctor yeah. Mark yep no I, I yeah. actually have a a personal story on that savings okay. from this this week. Good. Um, I was away from the house, and uh, one of my boys 
was playing around outside with uh, his buddies and got a pretty good cut on his leg, a laceration. Okay. And, okay. and a, another uh, physician in the uh, in the neighborhood was kind enough to look at it and go, yeah, we need to get him to get some stitches. Get some stitches. Now, yep. now you know, I would have done it at home or taken him to an urgent care center. But this physician was and was. I'm very grateful that he was there. He made a phone call, and they went to the went to the ER. Mm-hmm. And the first thing they did was ask for the HSA card for a thousand dollars. Of course, and, yep. and so so I mean it. it it's all it's all worth great care when you need it in emergency yep. care. Yep. But it's those choices that they go to for the majority of the population right. is That's still right. going to be the emergency room. Well, it's the right care at the right place it's that for education. the right amount of money. Right. It's, and, and it's all about educating healthcare yep. consumers, which is really the core of right. what we're doing on the air. Right. You have chest pain, you have stroke That's symptoms, right. you go to the go hospital. To the hospital. But yep. when when you have a yep. Have a possibly a broken yeah. broken bone and uh, you know yeah. a laceration yeah. that's nice and stable. You, right. you have other Did options. Did you see on the news? And I think it was one of those uh, entertainment programs. There was a, a artist uh, uh, actor in Hollywood had gotten some crazy feelings. It was a female, uh-huh. and she went to the ER had a, and she was having a stroke. Right, and they gave her that meds to offset it. She's right. fine. Yep. So she, yeah, they, yeah. they have the stroke. You remember that? It was yeah, on the news. The stroke yeah. protocols. Um, mm-hmm. What she had, what she had like a blood clot. She had clot. a blood clot. Yeah. yeah it was Justin yep. Bieber's wife. That's exactly right. Yeah, it was I am, Haley I am, Bieber. I am Boy, ashamed and embarrassed I am, that I know that. Dr. I'm, Mark, I need I to take am, a break. No. I am seriously impressed. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you know, that's so, so yeah. So we'll, we'll get so the rest of that fan, story. Are you? I know. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I tell you, it is, that yeah. is, I'm, I'm, I'm blushing. It was Haley I, Bieber. Was, You're yep, right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I wasn't going to mention her name. No, but. you didn't know. You didn't <laughs> oh, know. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, you're right. So so the the stroke protocols and the chest pain protocols at the ERs and the major hospitals yep. are really life-saving, yep. important things. And that's not where you don't go to the urgent care for that. Right. You know, and right. and and those programs interestingly are typically well designed and organized and and save money. Right. Because if that patient yeah. doesn't get the care at the right time, their cost yeah. going forward is right. enormous. It, it, you know, it's and all about access, yep. and uh, I think we need to do a better job. And, you know, we're going to talk uh, in our next segment a little about where, where health equity is going mm-hmm. and all. But, you know, there's been a couple things. But that's a great conversation about uh, Haley Bieber in, in that type of situation because right, right. that's a perfect example of where the ER is absolutely Absolutely necessary. the right place. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. the right place. I think that's really good, Dr. Mark. You know, there's a, another article. I know we're going to jump mm-hmm. back to this in the next segment because uh-huh. there's a lot more to talk about. Yep. But uh, just in this last minute, uh, there was an article that was published, a, a workforce article, mm-hmm. uh, and it basically stated that in the, in the next 10 years or so, there were going to be a lot of unemployed ER physicians and ER physicians that weren't going to be filled. Yep. And it immediately causes my med students that are interested in emergency medicine mm-hmm. say, well, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Wow. And and my argument is yeah. that article has become so well-known in our industry mm-hmm. that people are going the other way. And I think there's going to be the opposite result because of the article. Interesting. And so, yeah. it, but, it, but if we look yeah. at what the emergency physician looks like in 10 years, it might be different, but I can't imagine things going away. Yeah. 
And I think urgent care centers are going to get a balance. And a lot of the docs there are going to be ED doctors. Right. So so I'm not I'm not sure where that's all going to pan out. But I think that is an area where sometimes media reporting and studies can actually change the future. Okay, Dr. Martin, we come back. I'm going to give you a little uh, ACA testimony from a physician. And we're going to talk about health equity. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us. But Dr. Mark will be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion. On the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. The truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. I'm Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones. And Larry, we're going to uh, we're going to start off with a story, right? At, yep. at break, you wanted to talk about a, a, a patient story? I got it. Well, it's actually a physician story. Physician story. I got a call from a physician last night, and we talked for about an hour. And it's one of my... What did he prim- charge you? One of, uh, well, he's part of our IPA, so okay, he so didn't nothing. charge me. That's a good man, good man. He just calls me whenever he needs something. A good guy. Yeah. Very large primary care practice up in the Jacksonville area. And he is not part of the My Blue HMO right. ACA program. Right, he's right, got right. all the other plans, but, but he doesn't on have that one. Huh. And he's beginning, he didn't understand why he was getting so many calls from his patients requesting this product. Right. And what has happened, as you know, during the last open enrollment, Medicare or ACA enrolled, not Medicare, but ACA enrolled another two and a half million lives. Right under the uh, Affordable Care Act, and a lot of families that have lost their jobs during the pandemic and then qualified for Medicaid for a period of time have lost that Medicaid. Now they're working again, don't have an employer plan, and they're going to the ACA. Right. And this is what he's losing patients daily as a result of this. Oh, yeah, but why Why was he not included? Because I'm going I'm I'm to tap your memory back when yep. you finish this. But go ahead. Well, I'm going to be talking to Blue Cross this afternoon to see if we can get him involved in the My Blue HMO. But when Blue Cross came into that, as you know, early on, they were the only one around. Right. And so it wasn't a they, – they had the, a monopoly. Now that three or four or five other plans have joined the ACA, there's choice. Sure. So they've had to revise some of their benefits design, and people are moving around to different programs yeah. within the ACA, and particularly in the yeah, Blue Cross. Yeah, they're definitely Cross. different. And Blue Cross actually capitated that product early on, mm-hmm. and he wasn't included in that. So I'll, I'll mm-hmm. tap. You, you may remember that that mm-hmm. exact thing, same thing happened to me. That's right. And so we had to go to Blue Cross Blue Shield and say, listen, you know, we, we ha- our contract says right. that I'm on, on all contracts. That's right. And so that hopefully that's yeah. the same 
So well, we, we had a good outcome. Well, we went through his contract last night, and he's on every product line bes- except for my blue HMO, which yep. is the the Affordable Care yep. Act product. So you know the the only the only caveat is so we did we got back on that, but that mm-hmm. was also the first program where we learned that if a client did not pay their premium for three months, yep. even if they had care in month two, right. and they were quote unquote covered. Yep. They may have even paid for month one and month two, right. but they were booted out if they didn't pay month three, and then they did not pay for any of the services. And they couldn't get back on for the next, oh, the next get, rest of the calendar year. year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that that was sort of a mess, especially the first couple yeah. of years, because it wasn't unusual for people to go, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm to just do this, right. and then they just didn't pay. Right. And well, or, or in some cases, no, you're absolutely the, right, the auto, auto withdrawal didn't happen. Yep. So, well, yeah. you know, I explained to this physician last night that the reason the ACA is so popular this year is aside from all the subsidies. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, these patients are paying $80 a month for their premium. Right. I said, well, that's your tax subsidies, but there's something else. Even people that don't have the tax subsidies, their premium was cut in half this year. Really? Yeah. My my uh, executive assistant was uh-huh. paying almost $900 for her premium Last year and the year before, this year her premium's under $500. No kidding. It's all about the tax subsidies and what huh. Biden did in the America's Health Care Act to, uh, to drop the cost of the yeah, Affordable Care I, Act. I knew there were some direct yeah. direct uh, It's not just the cost, subsidies. The but premium now was the cut premium. Interesting. 50%. And so, so we'll go back to the cost of health care and yeah. ask – how long is that going to last? Well, how long is the taxpayers going to fund this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess the 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 next bill would it would have to be next year. They would have to come up yep. and include that. And it's not the bill isn't about that, right? It's just hidden in the bill. Well, if I recall, and I act. may be wrong, that actual decrease in premium is for two years in this existing bill. I mean, it would make sense because yep. it took yep. a took a good year to get the bill, but it really helped. I mean, remember. Uh, the example I said was my executive assistant who was paying nine hundred dollars a month uh-huh. with an eight thousand dollar copay. Right. Well, I now, mean deductible. And, and, I, mean, and I am all for that, deductible. Larry. But yeah. what I'm not for is that is still being paid yeah. to Blue Cross Blue Shield, et cetera. We're, we're paying pay, it. the taxpayers. Yeah, taxpayers are paying, paying it. it. That's right. People so, pay so taxes. it's basically another That's form right. of a, of government insurance That's right. even though we've got yeah. commercial payers making money right. so now the government is directly paying a commercial insurance for right. healthcare well and then there's another uh, problem i think with this too the perception of the patient and the member who now pays half of what they used to. Oh, when it goes up, it's going to blow their mind. They're thinking, wow, health care yeah. costs came down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you and I both know that's no, they, not the they, case. They did not. Yeah. yeah. The, or the, the cost may have come down, but the payout did not. That's right. It's just, uh, right. it's what what's the uh, who moved my cheese kind of thing, you that's know, right. where, yeah. where uh, we're just going to shake where'd it up. The, where'd the dollars go and who paid for it? Yeah, how do you follow, how do you right. follow those that's dollars? Right. No, that's a tough one. That's yeah. interesting, though. Well, let's see. Let's jump. Uh, we wanted to talk. We're, we're talking about Blue Cross Blue Shield. Yep. Let's talk a little bit about Anthem. Yeah. You know, they're planning a rebranding. Yep. Uh, Anthem, as you know, Anthem has, is, yep. as they're out of New York. They're a large health plan. They also own many Blue Cross plans across the country, not in Florida, but yep. they're going to rebrand and call themselves Elevance Health. That sounds awful. E L E V A N C. That's almost I, like Truist Bank from SunTrust yeah, and BB&T. Know, I know. I never understood that name. And none of these people are sponsors. <laughs> I know. But yeah, the yeah that that is awful. I mean, because I think Anthem, Anthem is kind of great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 
That uh, hmm, interesting, interesting. But now the Blue Cross Blue Shield components will still operate as Blue Cross. Right, and your yeah. card will just now say instead of Blue Cross Blue Shield Anthem, an Elevate Health Company. That's wow, right. interesting. That's weird. Yeah, that is kind of weird. We'll have to stay tuned. Now yeah. that still has to be approved by their shareholders. Exactly. Maybe their shareholders yeah. will pay attention and uh, not just yeah. sign sign away their proxies. And hopefully they're not pass. the same shareholders that named Truist Bank. <laughs> right. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. And, and no, we're going to get a phone call. Right? Oh, we're going to get a call get a on that one. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 Got to be nice to your banker. I don't but, know. But you know, you're now seeing all the BB&T and SunTrust signs go away. Oh, they're gone. And it's all Truist. Oh, now. it's all Truist. Yeah. yeah no, that's took them it's a while. all in the news. Yeah. Took them no, a while. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Okay. Now let's see another, another name change that's not going to occur, mm-hmm. you know, at like, Facebook, you know, their name changed. That's right. You know, so, What's it called? Meta? Meta. Meta. Meta, yeah. So is that, that national? That's in, it's international. Do they do they still call Facebook in the U.S. Meta now? It's everywhere. It's the whole world. Okay. Yeah. Fa- Facebook is anything but it's local. It's not Meta DBA Facebook? No. It's no. actually the name yeah, of I the, think the, the company's Meta. I, yeah. I've been seeing that around, but I really haven't seen it. I mean, it everybody. You, now, I don't know. Yeah. I, I am not on Facebook. Yeah, as I am should, on should Facebook. I, are you? Well, yeah. you have to load it up. Well, the only reason I'm on Facebook. Yeah, it says Facebook. Oh, okay. But the only the reason I'm. trades as Meta. Yeah, yeah it's still, it still says Facebook. But the only reason I'm on Facebook is to see what my kids say about me. Yeah, that's uh, that's important. I don't post that's important. anything. Yep. No, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. But yeah, no, it is. It's a, it's the, uh, the trade name is mm-hmm. meta so i wonder right. the facebook is a product right. within facebook because you know they own facebook they own instagram um they own uh probably a lot of other things that we have no yep. idea but yep. that so that's all yep. as a as a trade yep. group it is meta. i saw they've suspended uh in uh russia too as you've seen yeah most of the social social yeah. uh networks social media shut yeah, it down because yeah. people were yeah. able to to communicate yeah. and uh and you know that's yeah. that's a lot I mean that that could be a, a very interesting yeah. embargo. We'll just continue Not, to pray for all those people oh, out there, Doctor Mark. Just Ukraine, awful. Russia, yep. all of those areas. Yep. It's yeah, it's it's a Poland. Mess. Yep. Poland has done an amazing job, indeed, of taking these refugees. Yeah, it's it's getting pretty hot yeah. on those borders there, yeah, though. But it is anyway. Yeah, we better move well, on. Back to healthcare. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Amazon, Amazon's mm-hmm. care, their yep. their health company service will mm-hmm. continue its national expansion this year, as, right. as they had said. And you know, there's a lot of there's their press releases over the last two years are under understandably haven't really been met from you know where their expansion is, but that yep. is absolutely their intent is to continue right. to expand their healthcare right. footprint. Exactly. And there's really no end to you know how deep they want to get into it. That's right. So they're well, thinking uh, next out of their next twenty cities, they're going to include New York and San Francisco. Right. So they're they're going big. And they're I coming mean, to Miami. Yeah. Are they coming to Miami? Yeah, they're coming I didn't to see Chicago that. and yeah. Miami. But it's really their in-person care services. They're right. now in 20 states. But now, this year, they're going to make this in-person service available in Chicago and Miami. Interesting. Yep. So, so yeah, we'll have to just keep an eye on, on how that works. I think that it's a dynamic company. They can afford to make financial missteps and and recover from them and learn from what they're doing so right. you know from that perspective all the people that are involved it's you know not not the same people that you're buying the online stuff from right, I right. Mean, it's, it's right. an entire different division that's right and they're hiring lots of yeah. uh lots of people with expertise well if you remember so, about what a year and a half ago they came out with this amazon care right company it's uh-huh. one of their amazon companies sure sure and all this healthcare stuff is under that umbrella 
Right. Yeah. That's what yeah. they launched in uh, Seattle and yep. then went mm-hmm. that statewide and right. then uh, started moving it nationally. Right. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll definitely see where that goes. They're a very uh, they're a very quiet group when it comes to trying yep. to investigate what the next yep. step is. But when it when it happens, you're going to hear about it. Absolutely. No, no question about it. They're a mover and a shaker. No question. I tell you, the next big discussion mm-hmm. that we're going to uh, see going through the decades yep. is. is health equity or more specifically health inequity exactly and, and we're we're it's a discussion yep. that has been going on for quite some time we've talked about it on nearly every show right. to some extent yep. and now it's just about it's it's well defined yes it's well accepted that there are yep. huge inequalities without a uh, doubt to care and so now we're at the stage yep. where Big organizations are putting time and money behind trying to correct these inequities. Exactly. Well, that's interesting, Dr. Mark, because Kaiser Health came out with a report this week that indicated that significantly lower vaccination rates for Medicaid population compared to the general population. I mean, it's a a good example. If that is an inequity, I don't know what is. Right. And and, there's going to be multi- factorial de- yep. determinants of how this all happens right because if you can comp- if you compare that to that's basically picking a socioeconomic group right right so they're right. a medicaid group medicaid, so yeah. if you you do that and in most parts of the country you're now labeling a racial group yep. or groups and we're seeing it's it's all the same you know it's yep. all the same people yep. are not being cared for or not receiving yep. care and to be clear we're not saying that they are looking to not have get these vaccines yep. we're talking about access right. we're talking about education yep. we're talking about convincing what the what the smartest thing to do yep. is and all these pieces have to be addressed well the two things that were the most prominent in this kaiser review indicated that the difficulties and why the lower vaccination rates with these medicaid was actually in contacting these medicaid enrollees and also the misinformation that was out there right education. those were really the two yep. big reasons yep. Yep. So I think, you know, that that's going to be the topic. Yep. You know, that 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 in AI. Right. Yep. I mean, that's that going to be the topic AI. in yep. the next yep. several yep. years. Um, I'm a little discouraged to say that it has been the topic under many different names yes. over the decades. It has. And very, very, very little has been done. I think a lot of folks are just. Uh, content to say, hey, hey, we've got Medicaid, Medicare. What more do you want us to exactly. do? Exactly, and that that isn't the answer. Larry. Well, I know we're running out of time, yeah, Dr. Yep. Martin. But next week, we're going to start off with the AMA. The American Medical Association uh-huh. has released a new toolkit that to achieve this racial health inequity. And we're going to start the program to, off next to week. Achieve talking about that. Equity. Equity. To, yep. to, to, yeah, yep. right, to achieve racial equity. Equity. That's right. To achieve. This is going to be tough. We're going to yep. fight inequity. Been great being with you this week, Dr. Martin. You too, Larry. See you next week. Okay. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Now. To find the answers you are looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on Healthcare Now. Healthcare Now. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.